the more the merrier. If we're all talking about this, the louder our voices. So you don't have to be a professional videographer. You don't have to be a professional creator. Just all you got to do is care about what you're talking about and believe in what you're talking about. Welcome to Shell Foam, the podcast that gives the ocean its very own hotline. I'm Cameron Larmer, your host and creator here on the show. Join us as we hear from ocean stewards, discover threats to ocean health, and learn ways we can all answer the ocean's call. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Tampa Bay Estuary Program and Coastal Creative. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome to Shell Phone, the podcast that gives the ocean its very own hotline. I'm your host, Cameron Larmer, and I'm joined today by Trash Colin. Trash Colin is a uh, TikToker. He has over a million followers, and uh, he reaches out. You may have heard him from his social media. He's working around the clock to ban plastic pollution from all marine places. So yeah, everyone is tuned in. Colin collects litter, advocates for a healthy ocean, and occasionally plays with sand. <laughs> Colin has a really unique way of making content educational, uh, impactful, and fun. And uh, that's why we brought him in for our first ever episode of Shell Phone. Thank you for uh, coming on the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Can you give us some background about how you got into making these videos? Yeah, so I started, um, actually, so I was born and raised here in St. Pete. And at one point in my life, I was working on St. Pete Beach, renting out like jet skis and stuff like that. I tell this story a lot, but uh, people would come up to me and be like, this is my favorite beach in the world. I love bringing my family here. And then they would leave all of their trash in the sand. And it never really made sense to me why you would, one, treat your favorite place in the world like that. And then, two, show your like family that it's okay to treat your fam- favorite place in the world like that. So, I mean, it kind of just happened really organically. I started just talking about it on Instagram because I was like mad about it at first. I was like, why is this happening? Why are people doing this? Do people not realize like the ocean is literally right there. Like it's such a big reminder to not do that. And it still blows my mind that people do it. So started talking about it on Instagram. I got like some really cool feedback about people like encouraging me to keep talking about it. So I took it to YouTube, eventually went to YouTube to TikTok. And then when I got it on TikTok, it just really took off from there. And that's kind of what brought me here today. Uh, one of your first initiatives was doing 500 cleanups straight yes. daily. Yes. Tell me what that was like. So like that was interesting because I, I didn't like set out to be like, I'm going to do 500 days. I, I was originally making videos on YouTube already which weren't really doing that hot, honestly. Like I was probably putting in like 15 hours a week of work between shooting, picking up trash, editing. And I just kept uploading. I'd probably get like 100 views. So I was just kind of frustrated, but I was trying to figure out how I could like bring this content because I really believed in what I was doing. Um, And I was trying to figure out how I could bring that type of content into onto TikTok. And at the time, like this was late 2019. So TikTok was still right before it was about to get really popular. Like, I remember people were still talking about, like, oh, I don't have TikTok on my phone. That's embarrassing. But then, like, right. they actually do. It's, like, hidden in their calculator app or whatever. Um, but there's, like, there was so many things just pushing me to TikTok. So when I got on there, uh, there was a trend of, like, day one of this, day two of this. And I was like, oh, let me, tr- let me try that. And I knew the day before. I was like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to post day one. And I, that's it for me. Like, every day after that, I'm just going to stay super consistent with it and just, like, ride it out and see how far I can go. Originally only wanted to go for 30 days. Uh, 30 days turned into 100 days. 100 turned into 365 and then eventually 500. And then when I got to 500, I was like, okay, what? I can't, like, I'm like, I can go to 1,000, but, like, geez, it's, it's a, a lot. whole lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, I kind of took a break from the series a little bit 
and it kind of pushed me into this new because like I said, I started that in late December. So day one was like on December 12th. So the time the, the the way that lined up with the actual calendar year was kind of weird. So I just restarted it in 2022, starting on January 1st. Uh it's an it's a lot more satisfying in the way that everything lines up. So yeah, this has been fun getting into that. I think it just works well with how TikTok is because it's it doesn't have to be, I don't know, like a bunch of trash every day, but it's just encouraging people like how easy it is to do that little step every day if they're mindful of it. Yeah. What, uh, because you're motivating other people by posting these videos, what was your inherent motivation and what kept you going forward for, you know, doing yeah. that many dates daily? That's, that's a long time. That's a great question. I was really like, um, I was really taken back by how much support I was getting at the jump. Uh, and it, and I was even more taken back when I realized that a lot of the support I was getting was from kids. So I, I started really seeing a lot of traction on my account around like when quarantine started in 2020. And I just noticed that the, a lot of kids were spending time on TikTok and a lot of kids were just really passionate about this and I wanted to highlight them. So I would do this thing too. A, a lot of what was inspiring me and keeping me motivated was this feedback. And like kids would send me videos and be like, I'm gonna pick up trash because of you, you inspired me. And like, it was just the most wholesome thing in the world. So I was like, I have to just keep going. Right. Uh, and there was like, it turned into a habit. Like, I don't know, there's just like saying that, there's this saying that it takes 21 days to form a habit. Um, so after day 21, it's just like, I was just getting up and doing it. Like it felt like a part of, I fit it into my lifestyle. So like, there was one point where I was still working a full-time job and I would wake up at six, get to the beach, shoot two videos, make it back home by like 7.45. And then go back and then make it to work, work nine hours, come back home, shoot another video. I was doing that for like three months. It was just a grind. But I mean, looking back at it, I'm like, I don't know how, that was an exhausting time. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's got to be. I think uh, your latest initiative is uh, take a toy, leave a toy box. Mm -hmm. That's spread across Reddington Shores. Your TikTok video featuring the toy box gained 4.6 million views as roughly 500,000 likes. Mm -hmm. How have you used that kind of support to forward that initiative? That's been the most fun. Like this so far of like all the initiatives, I always have fun making my videos, but this recent one has probably been my favorite just because of the fact that it's opened up so much engagement in terms of like talking to my audience in terms of like, this is a problem. What can we do? What are the ideas that we have? So how this whole toy box thing started was spring break's kind of like around the corner here in town. And um, like a lot of people are coming and visiting from out of town, enjoying the beaches, buying beach toys for their kids. And then when they leave, they don't have the space to bring it back home or they just don't really want to. So either they're throwing them away, they're leaving them in the sand or they're just like losing them. Um, but so I, so I just like started collecting them. And I, I would bring it to TikTok. I was like, what do we do with this? Like, who has any ideas of how we can kind of build a solution for this? And a lot, like, I got a lot of different ideas of, like, um, bring them to the town hall and dump them in the middle of the meeting and, like, all this stuff. And it was, like, there were some really good ideas, but I think I found the most success in the take a toy, leave a toy box because it opened up the most opportunities for everybody. Kids who didn't have toys were playing with toys. People who were trying to leave the beach had a place to put these toys now. Um, and it's cool. Like I, who doesn't love free toys? Like it's just like it's sometimes right. <laughs> I see people out there that are grown playing with stuff. I'm like, that's that's the fun of it. Like it, you don't have to 
have that and you don't have to feel pressure to and I'm not somebody like a lot I see a lot of comments on there like um well someone's gonna steal them steal them as long as they're not in the sand like I don't care who has them as long as they're being played with if someone loves that toy take it like it's really not about that um but yeah so we started we built the thing uh we built the toy box which eventually got taken by the city and so to answer your question like the way that this is really pushed uh an initiative with my following is like uh, we got, I kind of just was like, okay, now what? I have a group of creators that I'm a part of. We're called EcoTalk. And one of my friends, Doria, who's a part of EcoTalk, took the initiative. Like, she's such a peach for this. She took the initiative to, like, go through my town council and, like, look at the council members. Find the person in my town council that was, like, the most uh, receptive to this idea, most likely. And she got me in contact with her. And, like, it worked my commission, uh, like I learned the whole council. I got to talk to them. I got to speak in front of them, tell them my idea. They were super open and excited about it. They actually started coming up with ideas themselves. Uh, we, so we're locking down like two new boxes for that. And it was just cool because my followers got to watch how you you can take an idea or see a problem and like what are the steps you can actually do to make like even a local level change. Um, and I thought that was really important. And, and I learned it in doing it. I learned it myself too, which is awesome because now I can take that knowledge and kind of do it on a bigger scale or maybe do it in different ways, which is like really exciting to kind of look at all the opportunities that I have from doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the things that impresses me the most is that through that kind of fun mindset, you've been able to meet a lot of really remarkable people. And then you've been able to cultivate this whole community around you. What has that meant to you? Yeah, like the community part is the biggest part for me because, and I've always been super transparent and upfront about this. I dropped out of college. Like I did not study climate science, like solutions. I don't, I have not studied this stuff, but I've made it such a point to me to surround myself with people who have and people who are passionate about it and very well educated in these spaces because, you know, I've always looked at it as like, this isn't about me. This isn't about how many followers I can get, how many views I can get. This is about how I can like, really show people what they can do and like build a platform for and give a voice to nonprofits, give a voice to other creators that are talking about and scientists and and people who I really think deserve the time uh, like in this platform. So I, I love sharing my platform. So I've been able to surround myself with people who know about waste and energy and like solutions that we can take. Misinformation is a huge part too. Um, so, and I feel very fortunate that They've really been open to working with me and like educating me. I've learned so much from them um, just by collabing and talking to them and seeing what their videos are. And I think that's a massive part about it. I don't think I would have gotten to where I'm at right now if I didn't have like such a cool group of people. And it's all, it's super, you know, it's a give and take. Like I'll help them with stuff uh, if people want to reach out to me. And I also like love throwing out ideas and tips into the chat to help people who are trying to get into being a creator because it's tough now, especially on TikTok. It's very oversaturated. Um, but I've been doing it since I was in like seventh grade. So I want to just help this group of people in, in this message and push it as far as I can. So it was really important for me to have that sense of community. What sort of challenges have you faced? Do you feel like what you've been doing is accessible for someone else who would want to follow in those steps? Yeah. So I've faced a couple challenges like imposter syndrome was one of the first things and it just goes back to what I was saying like because I didn't go to school for this so sometimes I feel like maybe I don't know what I'm talking about but my my most relatable thing that I really want to like push this message is that like 
you don't have to know about the everything. You just have to want to be better. You just have to want to make things better. And like, and look into it. You'll learn across the way, but that shouldn't stop you from taking that step. And I, I want to be really relatable, relatable to people who feel like, well, how do I get started? Or what do I do? It, you can take the smallest step and it will domino into something that you'll find yourself sometime down the line being like, I never would have thought this would have led me here. So when the red tide was happening in 2021 in the summer, it was hard to kind of go over that chronologically because the way TikTok works is you have to do a lot of recapping of what's going on. Um, so I was doing a lot of that, but it was still frustrating to do a lot of research about K Brevis and like uh, eutrophication and what was happening at Piney Point and how they dumped uh, phosphate gypsum into the bay, over 400 million gallons of it. And so it's like, I was doing all that work and I was still getting things of like, you don't know what you're talking about. Red tide happens all the time. And then people were just like, I like to keep it very light and positive on my account, but I also really wanted to address those issues head on to not have those comments. Cause if I, if I was just a kid watching my, that video and went to the comments and saw all these people talking about it incorrectly, I wanted them to know where I stood on it. And, and, and trying to take that moment to educate people even further that this is technically a naturally occurring thing, but right. we are making it worse, essentially. Yeah. But yeah, that was mostly the challenge of like just dealing with those comments and, uh, you know, just trying to just <laughs> like ignore the negativity and just keep pushing through and just know that what I'm saying matters and that there's reason for me doing this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Earlier you talked about some kind of domino moments where... You started off small, mm -hmm. and then later, things were happening that you couldn't even believe, yeah. uh, or you wouldn't have believed before. What were some of those kind of big moments for you? That happens. So it's like I like again. I don't like making this about myself, but I do feel very grateful that I have been able to find myself in this position um, because of the fact, like, uh, I, I. It's weird to me. Like I just started picking up trash one day, and now I get to <laughs> like have my own place where I, I've gotten to fill it up and I get to go do cool things because of it. Like I filled up, I made a video of me filling up my new place with thrifted secondhand shopped furniture. Um, and I, I'm, I'm able to like incorporate this into my life. I've gotten work with really cool brands. Um, and I've gotten to really talk to a lot of really, really smart, wise, like and really cool people who are super passionate about making this um, a more public and more accepted and normalized mission and and just talking about it all the time. So it's crazy to me every day that, and I genuinely do believe that anybody could do this. Anybody can get on any platform that you imagine. Um, we're in a time now where you're able to get your voice pushed further than you ever could have at, in, in a faster rate than ever before. So uh, I really encourage you, if you have something to say, if you really want to talk about it, like I love, like just for the ocean today, he was like, dude, I want to talk about this. So you guys were like, let's make a podcast for the ocean. And now we're here. Everybody could have a platform, even the ocean. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's, I really encourage that. Get out there and like, just start and talk about it. You're going to find your community. You're going to find people that also agree with what you're doing. And it's, it's, it's really fun too, the process. With that kind of rise of new mediums, mm -hmm. um, one of the terms that has come up has been eco-influencer. Mm -hmm. Have you heard about that? I have, yeah. Do you um, consider yourself an eco-influencer? I would absolutely consider myself an eco-influencer. And I think that's an interesting term because... I mean, like it's influencer has a really negative connotation around it. 
uh, right now. And I think it's fascinating because it's so easy to jump on social media and be a villain. So easy to make people not like you for views. Um, and it's so easy to just get on there and sell brands just to people because you're pretty. Uh, that's kind of what influencers in today's world are doing. It's like not influencing at all. You know, we're just walking commercials if that's what we're doing. I look at the word influencer of people who's actually influencing, you know? Um, I would love to change what it means to be an influencer in the public's eye in that way because these Gen Z kids, the generation after them are going to be, they're so receptive to what they see on these platforms and, and they pick it up. So if we're promoting and we're pushing violence, then like that's what they're going to pick up and that's what they're going to think is cool. Like if we're making environmentalism seem cool and like, which it is cool, but like if we're showing them that it is cool and we're like doing it in a way that's fun and making it seem like completely normal, no stigma behind it of like how in the past where it was like cringy or it's just more of a girl thing. Like if we completely normalize it, these kids are going to adopt this idea so fast and they're going to love it. And they're going to do things that we couldn't even imagined in ways of like either raising awareness about it or finding solutions in different ways. This generation is insanely smart and extremely passionate. And I'm really excited to see like what they do with this. Have you ever felt that kind of pressure of responsibility serving as a role model for that? Absolutely. There was a point in time where I think I was the biggest environmentalist TikToker in the US. And that was like really cool. But there was a lot of times where I was like, wow. And and that's why I really like, again, going back to my community is like, I really wanted to stay close. So I wasn't spreading misinformation. So I wasn't just jumping on a platform of a million people and being like, oh, don't do this. Don't do that. This is cool. And like, I didn't, it's not like, I don't want to create this almost cult following of like, I know best and everything I say is correct. What I think is really important too, and I want to relate this back to the, one of the last questions is if you're getting in this space, do it. Like you don't have to be perfect. The, the perfect environmentalist does not exist. And it's, it's actually a toxic mindset to, to think that that is an achievable goal. Like we have to just get started. We have to make the changes that fit into our lives. I know a lot of really passionate um, activists that can't be vegan. Uh, because their body just won't allow it. But they get a lot of hate being like, you're not really an environmentalist if you can't be vegan. Um, and it's just simply not true. Find the space where you're able to make your impact and focus on that. Because at the end of the day, like individual impact is great. And, and that's what we should all continue to strive for because that's what we should be doing. And that's how we should care for the earth in our everyday practices. But like at the end of the day, if we're really fighting this, we got to get together and char like challenge these brands, challenge these corporations, challenge these businesses, these policymakers that have prevented forward movement and have prioritized fossil fuel money and like gas and oil industries. I think um, one of the main things I hear when I talk about plastic pollution to people that aren't receptive to some of that is uh, they push back against the idea. Um, and I think this is interesting because you talked about being one of the main influencers in the United States. A lot of people talk about plastic pollution as being in other countries. What's sort of your response to that through the context of um, what you were talking about with corporations and- Yeah. In terms of recycling, that's always been super gray area in America. And there is plastic, pl go outside, go outside and look around. You'll find a piece of plastic somewhere. And that's the worst part about it is like, it literally is everywhere. And the thing that catches people's eyes are these mountains of trash in other countries that people are burning and stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's very jarring. But like, we have similar situations happening here. If you've ever been to LA, like downtown LA, 
you would be like, whoa, this is America? Like, it is, it is so, there's actual piles of garbage with who knows what. There's, like, a bunch of random things in there, like, it's hard to explain if you've never seen it, but it's it's here. It's happening. If you go to certain, if you ever went to the, whew, don't even get me started on this one. The Tijuana River <laughs> in San Diego that borders uh, Mexico and and California. Yeah, is ah, the, I have videos of me being there. It is the dirtiest river I've ever seen. Like it is like layers of garbage, um, and we just hide it. We don't talk about it. And in that specific situation, we've been kind of blaming Mexico for it when reality, like that's a lot of our plastic pollution in that river. I mean, it's it's mixed, but there's a lot is like, we're kind of pushing the whole blame. 2021 was a big year for me trying to just really see it, you know, and find the places that were really affected. There's places all over the world and we kind of only focus on the ones that aren't in America. You know, the ocean gets a lot of attention. So it's a Saturday morning. Yes. And you're going out for a cleanup. <laughs> what do you need? Saturday mornings are great because I get to post a little bit later in the day because uh, everybody's waking up later. So uh, the my morning routine has been, especially since I moved into this new place, I live really like probably two minute walk away from the beach. I'll wake up, roll out of bed, get my glove. Uh, gotta have the glove. I have a terror, a traumatizing story about not having a glove. So every day I have my glove on <laughs> and, um, and I, depending on how the video is going, like I'll either, if I'm going to do a sound, uh, those are pretty chill days. It's kind of super easy, but if I'm going to do an in-depth of like, this is what I'm finding, or this is what's happening with the toy box, or this is what the day is, uh, I normally kind of try to at least plan it out and script it the night before, go out, shoot it. And then I just go back home, edit it together, post around eight o'clock during the week and then like 10 o'clock on the weekend. And then depending on how I'm, how I'm feeling, I might post another video later in the day, but I've been kind of just keeping it at one right now. And I like to, I love getting out there before everybody else because one, that's how I know I can take that stuff. And it's not just what people are leaving behind while they walk the beach. And two, like there's nobody out there and the lighting is great. I don't know if you've ever tried to take a picture on the beach in the middle of the day, you won't see your face. Like your shadow, like <laughs> it's just the shadows are so harsh. So filming out there has always been tricky. So that, yeah, the morning is kind of where you'll find me out there. <laughs> the golden hours. Yes, literally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned uh, working a little bit with harmful algal blooms, um, mm -hmm. kind of a bit once you got into things. Mm -hmm. um, why target plastic pollution in general? And has your scope expanded since you've gotten started? Definitely, yeah. Um, I think the plastic pollution has become a main focus recently in the way that the toy box kind of got that attention. So it's kind of shifted, but I was really into uh, like learning about the chemical reaction or the reaction that was happening with phosphate gypsum and like all of this uh, phosphate mining that we're doing and this fer fertilizer runoff that we're having, not just in Tampa Bay, but like also like in Okeechobee with everything that's happening with that. Right. So I would like, I'm really into the idea of, learning more and like promoting more of just like clean water initiatives as a whole and not just plastic, of course. So it's been interesting continually broadening my scope of this issue because it's constantly inspiring me to try and talk about new things. So plastic pollution served as a big inspiration for you. Yes. Were there any people that served as inspirations for you? Yes. I'm so glad you asked that. I really want to drive this point in. So when I, like I said earlier, when I started, I was mad. I was like, why are you coming here? 
Like if nobody picks his trash up, I'm going to come here and see it tomorrow and the next day. And eventually the ocean will grab it and then the animals are going to see it. Like this is where I live. People are coming here, trashing it. And so I was like, there was that frustration with me. And the first beach cleanup I ever went to, it was a beach cleanup hosted by a group called One Piece Each. And I went and I was talking to the dude that was hosting. And I was like, man, I'm, I'm just upset. This sucks. And I'm mad about it. And I was kind of anticipating, like, I was going to get that same energy back. And he's like, dude, we're all mad about it. Like, it sucks for sure. But, like, the best way to attack this is with positivity. And I was like, that is not true. There's no way that's true. That's so I just wasn't <laughs> buying it. Um, but I was like, you know, let me just try it. Let me just give it a shot. And I kind of just, like, really genuinely wanted to approach it without shaming people, making them feel bad about it, or kind of attacking. And, and it's worked. It has worked more than I've ever seen. And I learned over time that like people are so receptive to like wholesome approaches, fun approaches, like making it fun and not blaming them or making them feel like they did it for some reason. Yeah. Um, and it, it's like people have gotten on board. So I really like genuinely try to come at this in the most wholesome way I possibly can. And that was the best advice I've ever gotten. Really approach this with positivity because people are so closed off when you're like yelling at them or telling them that they're wrong for thinking this way or doing this thing. Uh, that was a huge thing for me. That was the one person that really kind of shifted my whole mindset on this. Yeah. I feel like positivity and fun is a huge part of your platform. Totally. <laughs> is there a way that you feel like social media has hindered that or helped that? Yeah. This is going to hit a soft spot. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have moments where I'll like, because I'm very expressive with my voice. I'm very, I can put it up a lot. I would get comments like, of kids being like, this helped me so much. You're with my comfort creator. I'd watch your videos all the time. Like you helped me find positivity. And like, that does a lot for me. And then I'll have comments. I'll also be like, this is the most cringe thing I've ever seen. Your voice is annoying. You sound like Jojo Siwa, which no hate to Jojo Siwa. I just don't hear it. Um, but I like was getting all these comments. So it's like, I can get, and the ratio is a lot more positivity than negativity. So I do feel like I have been able to hold on to that like positive side of it. Uh, a lot more than say other creators have, unfortunately. And I do think it's all about how you build your brand and how you build your platform. If you're if you're a creator who I don't know if many people know about this, if you're a call out creator and you're calling out other people for doing this, doing that, you're building an audience of people who want who who are into that. So, uh, you know, it's just like if you're building an audience of people who are passionate, full of love, full of you know wholesomeness and genuine like attitudes like you're gonna you're gonna see that in your comments you're gonna see that in your engagement where do you want to go with your personal growth as you keep pushing that what's really fortunate about me is i've been i've put myself in a spot where i get sent a lot of you know sustainable swaps and switches so i've had a lot of fun like uh finding different ways that i can be the most sustainable and trying different things uh like gardening I really want to get, I would really love to, you know, be able to live off food that I've grown and that I've uh, nurtured for. So that's something I was kind of like looking at wanting to get into as well. More of like a, a whole environment, like living off the land kind of vibe, just, just, you know, just in case you have to for, for any reason. And also it's incredibly, I, I filled my new place with house, house plants because of that fact. Like I really want to get into this and it, it's incredible how much your mood changes just being surrounded by life like that. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I want to be personally is just learning, learning more about how I can fit, uh, like uh, coexist with the planet. Yeah. 
what uh, sort of advice do you have for people who want to keep on exploring those different aspects of how they can grow as individuals and how they can make a difference? If you stand for nothing, you will fall for anything. So educate yourself, care about what you're saying, learn about what you're saying, and stand by it and really and really stand in your voice and in your power. And, you know, people will resonate with it. People will really connect with you and you, you'll probably meet some really cool people in the process of doing so. So that would be my advice. Just really believe in yourself and really stand by yourself. So how can your listeners take the answer from the shell phone? <laughs> how can they pursue their own ocean conservation through social media? Yeah, I... Um, Relevant hashtags is a great place to start. Finding videos that kind of fit into your landscape. It goes back again to like finding where you fit in. Um, like, and you'll see if you get into this space, you'll see there's like trash influencers. There's um, you know uh, energy influencers. There's people who talk about sustainable swaps, uh, different products that you can use to better reduce your. Uh, footprint and be more sustainable there's tons of different aspects and ways to kind of approach this so whatever's the most comfortable for you like if you don't feel like waking up every morning at 6 a.m and going out to the beach and picking up trash that does not have to be what you do um and social media is a great way to connect with people all around the world that you may not have come across in real life that's like obvious it's 2021 we all know that but really use that to your advantage to to find people who are talking about or maybe even learning about what you're doing or what you want to talk about and take inspiration from them and build on that. The more the merrier. If we're all talking about this, the louder our voices. So really just like you don't have to be a professional videographer. You don't have to be a professional creator. Just all you got to do is care about what you're talking about and believe in what you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, if you want to check out uh, Trash Colin, he's on uh, TikTok at Trash Colin and Instagram at Trash Colin. Um, please feel free to give him a follow. And uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please uh, tune in for more. We'll have some more episodes coming your way soon. Thank awesome. you for being here, Colin. Yeah, this Appreciate was awesome. It. This is cool. Thank you for having me.